is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day when there actually may be some great news, which is uh, members of the Congress on both sides of this is the old Congress before the Republicans take over the House and presumably Kevin McCarthy becomes Speaker. If he does become Speaker, the uh, members of the House and the Senate might just work together to avert a rail strike which is pending oh unless they get this thing done by friday which doesn't give them much time but uh, nancy pelosi has uh, agreed in a, after a meeting with uh, with kevin mccarthy and chuck schumer and joe biden and mitch mcconnell that uh, they are going to do something to pass a bill to avoid a rail strike, which is enormously important because that is all the economy needs right now to plunge us into a very serious and very painful recession. Uh, we will talk about that. We will also talk about the ongoing discussion about uh, President Trump's dinner last Tuesday. It was uh, a week ago. Isn't that unbelievable? It was a week ago. It was not on Thanksgiving Day. A lot of people have gotten that wrong. It was on a Tuesday, and uh, it was a guess who's coming to dinner kind of deal. Yes, President Trump did know that uh, Ye was coming, that Kanye West was going to be there. All of the focus has been mostly on Nick Fuentes and Pre President Trump saying uh, he didn't know who he was, he didn't recognize him. Uh, I think all of that is preposterous. It probably is not true. But even if it is, the question I would ask is, why is all the focus on Nick Fuentes, who President Trump claims he didn't know? He doesn't claim he didn't know Kanye. He'd welcomed Kanye into the White House before. Uh, Kanye had posed all over the place with MAGA hats. He was somebody that the president was close to, and who knows, maybe in the what is it, uh, 20,000 votes that Kanye received for President of the United States? Maybe those were votes that he took away from Biden. Or who knows? But the fact is, what I'm trying to understand, and we're going to be speaking later to a leading Jewish journalist who says that uh, basically all American Jews, including Republican Jews and conservative Jews and Trump supporters, should follow the examples of people like Morton Klein and uh, 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 David Friedman, who was our former ambassador to Israel, who are very close to President Trump but have criticized him on this issue. The question is, why isn't the issue not just Nick Fuentes, who is a horrible Nazi, but on Kanye West, who has also shown himself to be profoundly anti-Semitic, and where you can claim, oh, I didn't know. Uh, there was no uh, controversy around Kanye West. There was a front page headline today about Adidas knew when they first made that deal with Conway, Kanye. And they were warned about it, that he had problems and he could do something like this. What is he doing declaring DEFCON 3, whatever that means, on Jewish people uh, generally? We'll be speaking with Jonathan Tobin later in the show. We'll also be speaking with a Wall Street Journal columnist who says that conservative is a bad label for Republicans. So what would work better? In other words, the argument is that conservative actually describes good policies. 
but calling them conservative doesn't work. We will talk about that uh, coming up with Hiram Lewis later in the program. Okay, first of all, the uh, the good news from Capitol Hill, from the White House, from the meeting that was just held, and outside the White House, uh, Nancy Pelosi spoke uh, because she is the senior party and she is going off into the sunset, of course, coming up in January. But uh, she's going to continue as a member of the House of Representatives and obviously a very uh, influential one. She was uh, together with Joe Biden earlier today and the Senate leader, Chuck Schumer and the Republican Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, and the incoming speaker, presumably, uh, Kevin McCarthy. And here's what she had to say in terms of good news. On the subject of the rail strike, that, uh, or to avoid the rail strike, uh, the president made his statement yesterday. Uh, tomorrow morning, uh, he asked Congress to act. Tomorrow morning, we will have a bill on the floor. Stanley said we could come up as early as 9 o'clock uh, in the morning with the legislation that accepts the, the original agreement plus the additional benefits that were gained in further discussion. Okay, uh, look, that should be good news that reassures Wall Street, that reassures all of us. Kevin McCarthy uh, indicated that he would not uh, lead the Republicans to stand in the way of that kind of legislation. This is clip 14A. Yes, it's unfortunate that we're here because I know the president told us all that this was solved long before the election. And now we find ourselves in the last moments, in the last hours, asking us to rush a bill to the floor. Nobody wants the economy to fail. Nobody wants this to happen. But this is another situation where an administration told us one thing, just like they told us about inflation, was transitory. We found that it was not. This was in a negotiation that was selected by this administration. This was something that was celebrated by this administration that it was fixed. And now right before a holiday season, right when farmers need to ship their goods and others, we have to rush something to the floor. Do you think it'll this pass? Is, I think it will pass, but it's unfortunate that this is how we're running our economy today. This has all got to stop and change. Okay, uh, obviously that is a, a resolution that uh, I think is uh, worth pursuing as long as they get this uh, bill done now. Uh, of course, uh, going on in the other side of the world over in Gunter, there is the um, crucial game between the United States team in uh, World Cup soccer competition and Iran. Uh, being played amidst geopolitical tensions. The last I checked, uh, the uh, the score was, uh, what did they say, one naught, uh, that the United States had scored a goal, but Iran had not. And uh, this is uh, actually one of those things that uh, it's, it's over for the U.S. if uh, they don't win this game. It's uh, extremely unlikely that they would go on to what they call the shootout round uh, coming up if they only have three draws. Um, uh, meanwhile, we will keep you posted as that develops. And uh, 
what what about the uh, boycott of Georgia? Uh, President Trump has agreed, and uh, apparently this is what the Walker campaign wants, which is that President Trump will not make any appearances, draw a rally crowd, or have anything to do with the Georgia runoff. Does that mean that he has lost confidence in Herschel Walker, who is an old friend that the president actually recruited to run for the U.S. Senate from Georgia. No, it has to do with the idea that most of the experts looking at the Georgia race, including all the people who are working for Herschel Walker and working to preserve that tied level at the U.S. Senate. In other words, you have a real Democratic majority, not just a Kamala Harris voting to break a tie majority, a 51 to 49 majority, if uh, Raphael Warnock wins. So will the decision to keep Trump away from Georgia uh, actually help Republicans or harm them? We will get to that and much more coming up on The Medved Show, 1-800-955-1776. Your outlet for outrage. Outrageous. The Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. Hey, Michael, great show, guy. I love it. The Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved show, uh, there is a lame duck Congress. A lot of different articles uh, questioning what can a Congress actually do to make the lame duck session a success and maybe even an epic success. One of the things that they look very likely to do, and it is genuinely bipartisan, is to pass what is called the Respect of Marriage Act, which... Uh, basically means as a matter of national policy that there is recognition uh, not only of of uh, same-sex marriage but of interracial marriage as if there was some kind of effort going on and, and there isn't uh, either in the Supreme Court or anywhere else to uh, undo current protections for interracial marriage, which are increasingly common across the country. But uh, there is also the question of <laughs> passing a bill that will help to avert a rail strike and uh, passing uh, the kinds of uh, debt limit increases that are going to be necessary in this country to prevent a default and a real economic disaster. And uh, that's one of the things that uh, I think that uh, Democrats and Republicans can actually uh, work on uh, together. And uh, they, uh, Washington Post runs an editorial how Congress can make the lame duck session a mighty one. It is to maybe put aside uh, some of the uh, uh, tremendous... Uh, partisanship that, of course, is always present when you're settling a uh, a a midterm election. Uh, by the way, in that midterm election, the uh, they have a, a almost a final uh, 
decision on the exact numbers in the House of Representatives. What's fascinating is it made became a little bit more complicated because of the death of a newly reelected uh, Democratic congressman, uh, Donald McAken. He is a uh, Democrat from Virginia's 4th District. He died. Now, uh, that will probably not make a final difference in the uh, total number of uh, seats by which the Republicans control the Congress. What will make a difference is there are two races that haven't been called yet. Uh, they're undergoing recounts. They're simply too close. The California 13th District and the uh, Colorado 3rd District. The Colorado 3rd District is, I'm pretty sure, that's Lauren Boebert, where they are in the midst of a recount, and they're separated by less than uh, 500 votes. So we will see what happens up to that point. The, um, uh, the, the numbers in the House, uh, the Democrats have won 213 seats, and the Republicans have won uh, 220 seats. So it's it's a very close lineup with a very small and thin uh, Republican majority. But it's a flip from what it used to be because they used to have a very small and thin Democratic majority. As to this seat in Virginia where Congressman uh, McAken uh, just uh, died, and you all of a sudden have a vacant seat again, there will be a special election at some point. And here is the way it's uh, described in Hotline, is that McAken's district includes a significant black population and contains the city of Richmond, a reliably blue seat. His passing creates an open seat in Virginia and means the House won't be full when the chamber convenes in January. He will likely be replaced by another Democrat, in a special election, uh, given that McAken won re-election by more than 60 points earlier this month. That means it wasn't close. And voters there have consistently supported Democratic candidates for president since the district was redistricted, reshaped uh, in uh, 2016. Concerning this question about filling up the U.S. Senate, Every Senate seat has been decided except for one. Uh, that is the Senate seat in Georgia involving Herschel Walker. Here's the way it's covered in the New York Times. Is Donald J. Trump will not cross the Florida state line to campaign with Herschel Walker during the final week of the Georgia Senate runoff election after both camps decided, that's uh, Walker and uh, Trump, that both camps decided that the former president's appearance carried more political risks than rewards, campaign officials for the two Republicans said on Monday. Instead of uh, holding one of his signature campaign rallies with the music and the crowds, Mr. Trump is planning a call with supporters in the uh, state and will uh, continue sending online fundraising pleas for Mr. Walker, by the way, of which uh, Mr. Walker gets half <laughs> and the other half goes into the Trump coffers. Uh, the decision to keep Mr. Trump out of the spotlight was a response largely to the former president's political style and image, which can energize some of his core supporters, but also motivate Democratic voters and turn off significant segments of moderate Republicans. 
And again, looking at the analysis of the polls, which show the a very close race may be leaning a little bit to Warnock, uh, that uh, that close race is going to turn in the suburbs. And whether the kind of suburban Republicans who voted very enthusiastically for uh, Governor Kemp, who got reelected statewide at a time that Warnock was beating by one point, Herschel Walker, in the uh, previous election. This is uh, one of the reasons that uh, they're concerned about Trump coming there. The question I would have is that if you um, believe that Donald Trump is a disadvantage for uh, Herschel Walker in Georgia, which is not a blue state, or at least it certainly hasn't been, it's a red state where most people uh, operating uh, worldwide uh, were uh, people uh, people across the uh, across the ticket. Most most people voted for Republicans running for uh, attorney general and uh, voting for governor, voting for the secretary of state, voting for Congress members. There was no kind of uh, a blue wave that uh, characterized Georgia. So if even in a state like that, that is basically Republican and leans like uh, in a Republican direction, you want to keep Trump out of the state uh, so that uh, uh, the, uh, the, the people aren't turned off by his presence and his association. What about his association for people running around the rest of the country? Uh, there's a demand by Jonathan Tobit, who's the editor-in-chief of the Jewish News Service and uh, a columnist for Newsweek and the New York Post. And uh, Jonathan says that Trump's Jewish supporters must, must condemn and disavow him. Really? Well, it has to do with a certain controversial dinner. We'll talk with Jonathan Tobin about that and take a look at the reactions around the country coming up on the Medved Show. It's outrageous what's going on out there. Michael Medved Show. Jonathan Tobin is uh, one of the most influential and distinguished Jewish journalists in the country, not just because he happens to be Jewish, but because he writes on Jewish issues. He is the editor-in-chief of uh, JNS, uh, the Jewish News Service. He's a senior contributor to The Federalist and a columnist for The New York Post and for Newsweek. He's written a column that we've posted on the website, and I think for people who are trying to understand some of the emotion and some of the outrage in the Jewish community over Trump's dinner date on Tuesday night a week ago uh, with Kanye West and his uninvited guest but was welcomed into Mar-a-Lago, uh, Nick Fuentes. Uh, Jonathan's piece is called Trump's Jewish Supporters Must Condemn and Disavow Him. Uh, Jonathan, have, have you gotten or has the world gotten any response at all uh, in terms of outreach or even discussing this matter from President Trump or his close aides? 
Well, I, I think President Trump, you know, he has a basic rule about uh, dealing with controversies, which has served him very well, to be, to be fair, which is to never apologize for anything. Uh, no matter what he does, he feels he'll never get credit for doing the right thing, no matter what he does. And he's probably right about that, uh, given the animosity to him from most of certainly the legacy and corporate media. Um, but to the extent that any explanations have been forthcoming, they really lack credibility and don't measure up to what is needed here. Um, uh, what I tried to lay out in the piece that you, you've referenced is that there's been a lot of talk about you know, from the left, from people who hate Trump, and you know, will we'll really seize on anything. I mean, it's sort of just he has his blind supporters and he's his blind enemies. You know, people who just love him no matter what, people who just hate him no matter what. And um, part of the, the hate directed at Trump has been in the accusation that he's an anti-Semite or that he's enabled anti-Semitism. Um, and um, I think some, much of that has been largely false. He didn't endorse the neo-Nazis, you know, at, at, at Charlottesville. Um, he's actually he was clearly and I think inarguably, you know, uh, the uh, the most pro-Israel president we've ever had. He did things that no other president did for Israel during his presidency, for which he deserves enormous credit, uh, was good for the United States as well as for Israel. Um, he also fought anti-Semitism on college campuses, as the Department of Education did, in a way that no other president before or since has done. That said, you know, by dining publicly at, at his uh, you know, resort home with Kanye West, known as uh, Ye, or Ye, not quite sure how to pronounce that, Ye, along Ye. with a posse, Ye, excuse me, excuse me, yes, if I didn't yeah, get that Ye right. Ye for you, go ahead. Uh, right. Um, and his posse of even more loathsome anti-Semites, Nick Fuentes being one, the head of the so-called Groypers, a Holocaust denier and virulent anti-Semite. Others, Milo, uh, a, you know, a name from a few years ago for those who follow um, you know, social media. Um, he's basically mainstreamed these people. He has, you know, he instead of, and this is somebody who just a week before announced his candidacy to run again for the presidency, and yet he is treating meeting with people like that, and even his subsequent statement afterwards didn't register any outrage. I mean, Kanye West has been all over the media in the last month. I've written about it. So many other people have. Mainstreaming, anti-Semitizing, spewing um, what Ben Shapiro, conservative pundit, we all, we both know, um, said was der Sturmer type anti-Semitism. Um, and yet Trump's reaction is, well, he didn't say any anti-Semitism to me, and he's very nice to me. Um, <laughs> this is an act um, that just, you know, yes, it's egotistic. It's sort of quintessential, you know, silly Trump. But at a time when we have a rising tide of anti-Semitism around this country, which exists on the left, and there are plenty of examples of Democrats doing bad things, too. Uh, but we don't want to get into what about is in here. But this is a time when anti-Semitism is a real problem on both ends of the political spectrum. It is. So, so let, me, let me ask you this, Jonathan. Jonathan, just to, to, to refocus for just a moment. How do you explain the rising anti-Semitism? It didn't start with Trump. Uh, certainly, he didn't initiate it. And his service as president is the most pro-Israel president we've ever had. That, that didn't start the anti-Semitic wave. What did? Why now? Well, uh, you know, I think, I think the why and the why now question, which 
could have been asked at any point in the last, you know, throughout history. Anti-Semitism is a virus, as the great scholar Ruth Weiss has described it, was the most successful ideology of the 20th century because it was something that was able to attach itself to other ideologies, whether it was fascism, communism, Nazism, uh, in this last generation, Islamism. Um, And in the United States now, we have the phenomenon, which I think is what we're talking about with Kanye West, which is sort of um, the trend of of anti-Semitism within the African-American community, which is, uh, I think, heavily influenced by um, Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam and his influence within the African-American community. Um, You know, people always look for scapegoats. People look for for reasons why things are bad. The Jews are always an excuse. But let's let's understand something. Anti-Semitism is always about the anti-Semites. It's not what the Jews do. Jews are hated because they're rich, because they're poor, because they assimilate, because they don't assimilate. Um, you know, whether you think because they supposedly run Hollywood or run the press or because there's some other insidious uh, reason. Um, well, I, I uh, we should... Kanye West said recently, this was in the New York Times on Sunday, um, that his mental illness, he blamed his Jewish doctor. <laughs> and yeah. he, he did a whole yeah. list of, of prominent Jews that uh, he felt were destroying the country and, and ended by talking about his own psychiatrist, who <laughs> apparently has well, his work yeah, cut out um, for him. Uh, you know, Jews are the catch-all um, scapegoat for everybody's ills um, who want to who want a scapegoat. Um, okay, so 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 right now we have a very prominent organization, very well funded. All of the Democrat Republican uh, aspirants for president of the United States came out to the Republican Jewish Coalition, in which I've been very active and I've spoken for many times. But uh, President Trump. Uh, was there, and and it happened right before his uh, welcoming of Nick Fuentes and Kanye West to Mm -hmm. Mar-a-Lago. What more can uh, the organized Jewish conservative community do to try to encourage a more constructive, acceptable response from uh, a candidate for president? Well, uh, their problem is that Donald Trump doesn't take you know, instruction. He doesn't respond well to anybody telling him, even when he's wrong. Um, he doesn't, you know, as I said before, he doesn't believe in that. I'm not sure that there's anything any organization can do to influence him to do the right thing here. Um, you know, he he's often falsely accused of anti-Semitism. One of the recent things that's worth going into briefly where, you know, he complains that not enough Jews vote for him because you know, they don't prioritize Israel. He's a very pro-Israel, you know, he was the most pro-Israel president. He thinks it's wrong that more Jews don't vote for him. Um, and I get that because, and the truth is, as he even said, you know, the majority of Jews are liberal Democrats. They care about other issues. They don't prioritize Israel. He's not being anti-Semitic by saying that. He's just telling the truth. And it's wrong to say that that's an accusation of dual loyalty. But what we have to do here, what the groups that are really invested in Trump is to do what I think, to, to their credit, the Zionist Organization of America did. Now, only, you know, I, I think 10 days before the, the, the dinner date with, uh, with you know, with uh, Kanye West and Fuentes, ZOA gave Trump their highest, uh, you know, award 
at their New York gala dinner gave him... And, uh, and I know that Morton Klein has responded very effectively, pointing out that he is the son of survivors. Uh, we will be right back with more on this. Jonathan Tobin's piece is posted at our website at michaelmedved.com. It's a, uh, a disquieting but very important read. We will be right back on The Medved Show. so many questions about this uh, dinner that uh, occurred at Mar-a-Lago and uh, and so many questions that aren't asked that it seems to me should be and are appropriate and and one of those is why is so much of the focus on Nick Fuentes who Trump claims he didn't know when you talk about anti-Semitic associations and statements and obsessions, uh, Kanye West himself is a profoundly anti-Semitic, and obviously so. When you use the term Death Con 3 and say you woke up with that from a, from a dream of some kind, why is there no more direct attention to the anti-Semitism of Kanye West. And could it be because he gets cut slack? Because he is a big celebrity in a way that Nick, cement, uh, Nick Fuentes isn't. And uh, the fact is that he's also black. Uh, is this treating someone very differently because he is a black celebrity? And... Uh, treating very differently than someone who espouses the same ideology, uh, but even more extremely, you could say, who uh, happens uh, not to be a person of color, even though he is partially of Latino ancestry. I'm talking about Nick Fuentes here. Uh, and uh, the, the claim being that uh, the offensive part here involves someone that Trump didn't know. Just a sampling of the response here is uh, the National Journal reports that Senate Republicans were largely united, united, Senate Republicans, good for them, in questioning Trump's decision to dine with rapper Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, and white supremacist Nick Fuentes, both of whom have repeatedly made vitriolic anti-Semitic comments. Senator Mitt Romney, Republican Utah, said of Trump, quote, there is no bottom to the degree to which he is willing to degrade himself and the country, for that matter. Having dinner with those people was disgusting. That's said Mitt Romney. Both Senators Joni Ernst and Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Joni Ernst of Iowa, both strong supporters of President Trump, called the meeting ridiculous. While Tom Tillis, a Republican of North Carolina, recently, uh, um, actually, uh, he has been there from North Carolina for a while, he suggested that Trump should fire whoever let Fuentes into Mar-a-Lago, which is a good point. Capito intimated that uh, Trump should take full responsibility. Marco Rubio of Florida called yay, disturbed, and Fuentes an evil class clown. 
before adding that Trump should never have met with them. Uh, even two of Trump's staunchest allies, Senators Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, denounced Fuentes. Hawley said he wouldn't have had dinner with them. Well, thank you very much. Even some of uh, Trump's most loyal Jewish supporters say that they can no longer ignore the abetting of bigotry by the nominal leader of the Republican Party after his meeting. Not all Republican leaders have spoken out, but Republican Jewish Republicans are slowly peeling away from a former president who for years insisted that he had no ties to the bigoted far right, but uh, refused to repudiate it. A Zionist Organization of America, President Morton Klein, criticized Trump for meeting with Fuentes. And so did Mike Pence. And uh, that's an important factor. Here's Mike Pence calling on Trump to, uh, to do something he never does, as Jonathan Tobin pointed out, which is to apologize. Uh, clip 12. President Trump was wrong uh, uh, to give a, a white nationalist... Um, uh, an anti-Semite and a Holocaust denier a seat at the table. And uh, I think he should apologize for it, uh, and he should denounce those individuals uh, uh, and their hateful rhetoric without qualification. With that being said, as I point out in the book as well, I, I, I don't believe Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. I don't believe he's a racist or a bigot. I, I would not have been his vice president if he was. And, uh, you know, people often forget the... The president's daughter converted to Judaism. Yep. His son-in-law is a devout Jew. Um, his grandchildren are Jewish. And so, I, uh, you know, the broad brush of attack that media leveled at him. But uh, I, I think the president demonstrated uh, profoundly poor judgment uh, in, in giving those individuals a seat at the table. And as I said, I think he should apologize for it. He should denounce them without qualification. Okay, and at least he says them, not just Nick Fuentes, but a denunciation of, of yay ought to be uh, possible and appropriate, too. Look, if a German Nazi-founded shoe company can actually um, drop a $500 million deal and a substantial profit because of uh, yay's association with anti-Semitism, and, and by the way, in terms of Nick Fuentes before, uh, Kevin McCarthy was very solid on this because one of the reasons that uh, that Paul Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene were stripped of committee assignments was because they spoke, each of them, at a Nick Fuentes event. And they were criticized by Kevin McCarthy. And now he's uh, trying to make the case that Trump has already dissociated himself with uh, Nick Fuentes. How? This is uh, what the prospective House Speaker, the Republican leader in the House, Kevin McCarthy, had to say outside the White House. This is clip 13. I don't think anybody should be spending any time with Nick Fuentes. He has no place in this Republican Party. I think President Trump uh, came out four times and uh, condemned him and didn't know who he was. Well, he just said he didn't know who he was. He didn't condemn him or his ideology. Well, I condemn his ideology. It has no place in society. What is your take? And what about the former president all of a sudden can have that dinner? And the president didn't know who he was. And the you know what? We're, we're, he's been so he knew who Conde West did. He didn't know who Fuentes is. 
Okay, the point being what they were saying, which is a reasonable question, which is knowing who Kanye West is, knowing that he's called on DEFCON 3 against Jewish people, knowing that he has taken nothing back and apologized not at all and doubled down and tripled down on his anti-Semitism. I mean, <laughs> is, isn't that uh, a, appropriate uh, enough? to uh, call for a dissociation from Kanye West, for instance. Uh, the, um, this is uh, uh, a, a, a exactly how Kanye West uh, responded during an interview with a popular podcaster named Tim Poole after the discussion began to turn to Kanye's previous anti-Semitic comments. This is clip six. Listen been extremely unfair to you i think who is they though we can't say they is can we i'm not using the I don't, I don't use the word as the as the way i guess you, you guys use i'm, I'm talking about it is about them it. though isn't it i mean because <laughs> no. and, and because when you think <laughs> about it consider it in 2018 you, like uh uh okay so how about are you leaving are you afraid of the press he's on i'll say it right now um you guys i i you guys want to bring that stuff up and then have the discussion. Not have a conversation. You think yeah, he's going to come in here and say, "Here's my pain. Here's my suffering." I'm going to say, "I hear you." And then he's going to say, "And it was Jewish people." And I'm going to be like, "Okay, but don't you consider?" So I'm not going to do this. I, I refuse. Go, uh... Okay, uh, that didn't go very well. Uh, Megan Kelly also had comments on uh, Trump's dinner with uh, Nick and Ye. Uh, this is clip eleven. I believe Trump when Trump comes out and says, "I didn't know who that was." I believe him because most people have no idea who Nick Fuentes is. I'm in media. You're in media. I've covered him because he went after my friend and it made a it was a dust up on Twitter. Most people have no idea who that is. And Trump's been kind of busy the past six years. Um, so I believe he didn't know him, but he knew what Kanye West has said recently. He had absolutely no screening process in place to make sure whoever Kanye was bringing was not deeply problematic. Milo Yiannopoulos is a little controversial, too. For the same reasons, similar. Um, and it, it, it is alarming to me, the prospect that Trump might have somehow been intentionally fanning a certain flame with a certain part of his base because it helps him, helps him get in the news, helps him generate controversy, etc. I, I don't think this helps uh, President Trump. And to say that he set this up deliberately I think takes a leap of the imagination that I'm not willing to take. Uh, is conservative become a, a, a bad label for Republicans? Uh, there's a deeply conservative commentator who believes it has in this greatest nation on God's green earth coming up.